Hello everyone, it is the Just a Couple of Bagels podcast. It is day 523 in lockdown and I'm starting to lose my mind a little bit. But luckily I can lose my mind with Sam Brown. How are you? I've lost my mind, mate. It's gone. I'm so bored. You know what? The first lockdown, I felt I'd dealt with it really, really, really well. Didn't really have any sort of inklings or anything. Second lockdown, it was a month got through it there was things that kept me occupied this yeah. one just seems a little bit different it's dragging it's really really dragging it's um it's a long one I'm really feeling this one it's a combination of one that that sort of oh this is a new experience type thing that's was in the first one not really in the second one but then also it's just that january February rubbish weather type thing that's keeping you indoors. Yeah. But we plod along. We plod along. Yeah, exactly. That's fair. I don't even think it's keeping me indoors. And this is like, like, because I'm going outside still. But yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's, it's just different. I don't know why, but it's definitely different. Mm. It's, it needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, well, there has been some tennis to watch, at least. I think some, yeah, it's been, it's, it's nice. Yeah, obviously, they had a little bit of scare in the hotel. One person, one of the workers getting getting it, but the Australian Open's still going ahead as well. So it's that's good. It's all good. Have you watched any of the ATP Cup at all? Not a lot. I have work. Because I still work. PVE. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm really, because obviously it's in Australia, the time's a little bit bit late for me so I don't get to watch much unfortunately I tried watching it and yeah I like the the idea of team sports going into individual sports I quite like that so there's a team element with it and it gets quite feisty it's quite nice yeah this one just felt a little bit flat how a crowd did it Uh, They've had, they it? have, they have had. It's a depleted crowd, but there's a crowd in there anyway. But I, I just, think, I think, I think team sports like that. It's like the Ryder Cup or the Davis Cup. It needs, it needs crowd to get to get it going. Otherwise, stuff like that. I don't really think it works as well. You really need the crowd to get behind you to get the atmosphere going. And a depleted crowd doesn't really do that. I don't think. No, it was, it was just a bit of a hard watch, really, because. I always compare it to the Lever Cup, which is what they have when they have like the sort of, as you yeah. say, the Ryder Cup style Team Europe versus Team World. And it's just a little bit below. I don't know that it's the atmosphere, as, it, as like you said, or it's the pleasure to run a show. It's, there's just something missing with it. No, yeah. I, I guess it's, um, it's a tough one. We'll see how it goes when there's crowds. But... Right, let's get into the main topic of this podcast, where we're going to be pitching our ideas for the dream club we would like to run. Dream tennis club. Wow. That Have you taken much thought in this? <laughs> I don't know, I haven't thinking about this thing yet since I was like a kid. 
we always and Mark, me and a few mates, and uh, we always used to joke about a billion dollar uh, tennis club idea. We're going to take over the whole Macclesfield um, complex. You know where Mac Tennis Club is. Hmm. Obviously, those who don't know Mac Tennis Club, it's inside like a inside like a, com- a learning complex. So it's got the Macclesfield College and the Macclesfield High School. We're going to take it all over, all the buildings, and make it into like a massive. We're, we're going to we, we're going to host the fifth major cricket <laughs> Grand Slam, and it was going to be that the thing is, it was going to be not every surface was going to be different, so you didn't know what you were going to be playing on each day. I was really going to jazz it up. Ooh, you might like you might got you might got shale one day. You know, if, if the organisers didn't like it, you're in the shale today. I like that idea. I did like that idea. So are you going on the scale of an Australian Open Melbourne Park sort of thing? Yeah. Huge. Right. Right. So we're going to have two different... That's quite good, actually. Got a bit of a... I'm going off the bat of if you took a bog-standard English club and wanted to renovate it, that's what I'm so going like, off. So like Pressbury? Yeah, if you took a Pressbury and wanted to make it better. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. So some oligarch comes up and says, I've got all this money to make this club the best yeah. club in England. That's what we're doing. Okay. Nice. Cool. Let's get started. Um, the first bit I've got for my idea is I went off sort of to another sport, the Manchester United type academy sort of thing, where I had a set of principles that I wanted the club okay. to follow. Have you had much thought yeah. in that? principles the class to follow okay you go um you go first right so i split it up i had principles for the juniors and principles for the adults so i'll start with the adults and we touched on this a little bit um when we were going through our room 101 but i've titled the first principle is everybody with everybody oh okay so there should be the attitude that you should be able to play with anybody no matter what standard they are and not kick up a fuss. I quite like that. So would you say the aptitude over attitude? Yes, I like That's a very good saying. I quite like that. So, uh, <coughs> the second point I had was never too old to learn because it, personally, from a coach's point of view, when you look at the adult section... There's quite a good group of players who get coaching. It's quite good. But then there seems to be another almost half of the membership that don't have any coaching at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's because, to be honest with you, if they don't want that. I think a lot of old people just are so stuck in their ways that, you know, they don't want coaching at times because they're just, you know, too stubborn for it. So it's convincing them. You know, yes. I don't... It's how you convince them to do that, which is the tough one. Yes, right idea. Good good idea. I quite like it. Uh, And the last one, which I thought of you in mind for this, for the adults, is youth (laughs) comes first. Youth comes first. Okay. So the idea, so you've talked about this with some clubs where adults will see juniors practising on court and sort of resent it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. That's definitely a... I think it's become more of a thing across every single single club, I think. (laughs) Well, because in in my opinion, the junior members 
are the ones that if if you're going to ask the question which matters most the junior ad, the adult membership which matters most i think the junior edges it a little bit juniors of the future that's that's the point if you can retain all these juniors then you get a lot of people who sort of develop an attachment to the club and care about the club exactly exactly it's um it's just unfortunately you know the you know the the old members are the ones the committee and the ones who run things and they just don't always see a junior's point of view but that's where we are at the moment in most clubs very true i'll run through very quickly my junior principles because they're sort of quite self-explanatory uh, the first one is don't be afraid to compete especially when i started coaching and helping out those definitely with a few kids they didn't really like playing matches yeah just for i'm guessing from the fear of losing because with an individual sport it's quite horrible when you lose on your own i think yeah it's learning how to lose but it's also i think a lot of times parents can affect that or if you got a bad coach who puts a lot of pressure on you to win and you know you, you fear you don't fear losing you fear you fear the coach and you fear your parents very true i just think it's quite good to encourage definitely kids from younger age even if it's like floor tennis or something have that sort of sense of competition build it up throughout so people know because yeah. when you go to a tennis lesson and you learn how to play tennis you're not actually playing tennis no you're, no you're not you're just learning drill you're learning the exercise it's the equivalent of um it's like if you go to a football training session instead of playing a football match you're just sort of passing it around a few cones that's the equivalent of, of it the, the issue you have here is not tennis clubs at times, it's schools who have implemented the, um, it's the taking part that counts as a children's sport. And it, 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 gives, it, it takes away the competitive edge of children because they don't get rewarded for winning, they get rewarded for taking part. Yeah. Um, but definitely from a young age, if you can sort of get that enjoyment just from competing in general and just sort of getting rid of the win or lose situation, I think it helps people a lot. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh, the other two things which are quite self-explanatory, working hard, which we spoke with Yarrick quite a lot in the last podcast. Yeah. Um, you want kids to be coming off sweating both from mini red all the way up to your under 18s. Yeah. You want them to feel like they've worked hard. Uh, and the last bit, which I quite like, and some coaches probably won't like this, but I like the idea of expressing yourself technically wise, if that makes sense. So you shouldn't discourage a child if they want to pursue having a one handed backhand. Yeah. That sort no, of thing. I agree with that. No, I agree with that. Yeah, it's down to the player at the end of the day, isn't it? If they don't feel doing comfortable doing one thing, then it's it's not really a lot you can do about it. You just got to let them do it, and you got to work with that. Plus, you can build up a variety of different players at your club, which might improve the overall standard because you're not teaching every child exactly the same with the same technique. So it's all yeah, uniform. Yeah, hundred percent true. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, I'm very I'm very interested now. What have you got? So yeah, I think I take a lot of the same principles. Um, what I'd add in, I don't know if it's principle, but it's more like a um, a mentoring scheme to encourage it's just to have 
someone to look up to. So from you, you could call a code, you could do what you want, but you know, um, you, you're under 18, so they're kind of like the the people you want to look up to in the club. So as like a mini junior, like as a really young kid who's like maybe five, just starting out, you know, he's like, I want that sort of a program that he looks up to the under 18. That's what he wants to become to. So you know, it's, it's sort of a a mentoring scheme you know the under 18s are really the big face of the club they're the the ones everyone wants to be you know become so it's a lot of emphasis on on a you said a code of conduct but it's like you know when the print how they can't think of the word which is really annoying right now um, how they how they conduct themselves yeah how they conduct that's the word how they conduct themselves around the club i think i'm gonna i'd put a lot of Emphasis on the under 18s and you know around that age, the 18 to 21 year olds, because they're the ones who really have a big impact on the club. You know they are the face of the club, so they're the ones who are going out competing in the bigger tournaments. Um, so that's what I'd want from the club, um, 100%. And then you know the adults, when you turn into you know if you if you're not making it as the player, which most you know majority of them won't at the end of the day. There's that there's a structure there for them to become to be able to become a coach. You know they 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 do their badges. That's they start at sixteen. You know you you help them start with their coaching badges because then you know they, it allows them to have something to fall back onto. You've nabbed one of my little bits there. I was going to put that in the co- that was in my little coaching section. That all the teens should be encouraged to do level ones and level twos. Yeah. I think it's a it's a great thing, and I've seen it at other clubs. When you have those sort of 16, 17-year-olds helping out, it can really add yeah. to the sessions. The kids like them there. They're sort of that, oh, what's the word? The, um, they bridge the gap between you as a coach and an adult. Role model would be the word. Yeah, the small, the, like the small little model. kid. Yeah. Yeah. The, pers- okay. yeah. the person the kids look up to. They can relate to them a little bit more because they're closer to their age. Yes, hundred percent. No, I think I think we all agree on on what our principles yeah. for our club should be. Yeah, we can always mash the two together. Shall we? Because I touched on the coaching bit. Shall we move straight on to the coaching bit? Uh, yes, you can start this time. Okay, so I'll split the way it works. So. I'd have, I'd have an overall head coach. So you've got your main head coach, who's is more of an admin head coach. He kind of, he's like the the top, and then there's gonna be a, it'll be branched out. So your main guy, so you've got head coach of the main club, and then you got your head performance coach, and then you have head sort of club coach. So it allows them to work on their own things. So you have one guy. He's gonna he's gonna take the mate he's gonna take the, the really good kids coming up from, from being young all the way up to the under eighteens, under like twenty ones. And he's he's gonna have he's gonna control that program on his own. Obviously the head coach, the main head coach can look over it all, but his job is mainly to look after them kind of smaller group of kids because obviously not everyone's gonna fit into that. You know, the the, the head coach of this league like of the main group of the groups, you know, just then concentrates on concentrates on that you know how he can you know make sure tennis is fun for them and you know hopefully try and train them up so they can enter into the performance academy um so there's kind of two sections of the club you know the 
is the aim is always try and get the kids into the performance section, but then at least there is a coach who's got who's going to be fully concentrating on the kids who aren't as good. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I definitely get that. Um, so you've basically got two coaches and then an admin guy at the top of your pyramid. Yeah, if you want to think yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah. Quite like and then then really there'll be sub, then there'll be sub branches, you know, from the performance coach. There'll be, you know, more on the performance side. It's a lot easier to get um to get sub branches because then you have your fitness teams and you know, nutritionists and all that. You know, just the way I'm imagining my club, it's coming. It's massive. That's yes, because your club's in your mind is that grand scheme. So you need a lot more people. But I like no, I like yeah. That. And then obviously the the head coach is the sort of the. I don't know what, the word, what you'd call it, just the, you don't want to call it the normal groups, um, but for now we'll call it the normal groups. You've um, sort of got a performance side and a social side. Yeah, more social side, yeah, you know, sort of, yeah. That, that, that's, that's the way of putting it, yeah. Okay, well, mine's not really too dissimilar because I'm thinking of mine as sort of, yeah, eight to ten core, yeah. leafy green English tennis club. I went with two yeah. senior coaches, so level fours and your level fives one bit like you is more of a club coach route does the admin and what have you uh, yeah. and then the other one is your performance one so yeah. looks after more of the higher quality players nurtures those uh, and then below them i had the idea of having about two or three level three coaches so a little bit like in the mold of you and i whether it's sort yeah. of in your 20s trying to learn a little bit more so you've sort of got that mentoring ship from the senior coaches up there but are quite functional yeah. to do individuals and group lessons um so on the performance side it's you know if you're at the top of the performance academy, you're you're pretty much down at the club every day. You know the the head coaches. From the point of view, the scale the performance academy, I, read, I imagine it won't be that big. It's, you might only have like maybe five or six kids from each age group, but they're coming down every day. You know, before school, after school, and retraining. Um, so that's kind of an entity on its own. But from the point of view of um of like this, the social side, really. Heavily built up on the on the mini on the mini tennis, you know, or whatever it's youth, youth tennis for you know the youth tennis kids thing that's going through, really, you know, pushing on getting into schools, getting just getting people involved around the club because obviously when you've got from a starting point of view, if you've got a, lo- a really big red section, you know, young kids, they're gonna they're gonna you know carry on moving up every year into the other sections and just gonna they're gonna flood the program, which is what you want because that's where the money is. So much money in mini red tennis. So that that's my, my that'd be my idea. Would be to really push the, the young younger side of it, the beginners, beginner kids section, to get in money. Very the performance good. side, let's say, is is kind of an entity to its own. It'll be run by a really like more of an elite performance tennis coach who's you know training these kids really hard every day. Okay, I like that. Uh, when I was looking at the programs, worked in different types of clubs and seen how different picks were. I've sort of cherry picked the bits that I thought worked best from all of them. And the main thing that I liked from working at an indoor centre 
was if you go through with the juniors for say that you've got the red, orange, green, and yellow ball. Yeah. Sort of splitting them up into three different categories. So you have a beginner group, an intermediate group, and then an advanced group. I think that's quite good so you know yeah. what level you think. But I wouldn't call them that because people sort of get a little bit funny with, oh, my son or daughter's in the beginner group. When I, yeah, when I was at Lloyd. Yeah, when I was at Lloyd's, they did like the colours. So, like, he was in, I think the first album was silver, and then he went to silver plus, then gold, then gold plus, and then he was in Performance Academy. Hmm. That's how it was run when I was there as a kid. I just check, all I do is change the name. So, instead of beginner being called beginner, I'd put it as the introductory group. So, the idea is it's a bit like the Adult Express, where you're not really meant yeah. to be in there that long. Your yeah. intermediate is what I'd probably call your social one. So it's the kids who just want to hit a load of balls, that sort of thing. Um, I'd go with, for the advanced one, I'd call it team. So it's your kids who are playing and representing your club. Right. Uh, then the other idea I had uh, was to finally sort out club nights for kids. So the problem that we have is that anyone and everyone can turn up. So what I wanted to do is change it very slightly, because in COVID times, you can only have maximum 15 kids now. And how we do it at Nutsford is that they have to say that they want to come to club nights, so you know how many are turning up and all this sort of thing. And I think it works a little bit better, so you know what kid's coming. If you know the kid, you know what level they're going to be. I think it just makes it a little bit easier because if you end up with, let's say, five boys turn up and only two girls turn up, it's going to be a little bit sort of mismatched, if that makes sense. It's, it's, yeah, it's always hard to coach when you don't know what you get, what you're guessing. It's hard to plan for it. Uh, other little things that I've quite liked, especially from this COVID time. Um, is having that little buffer between uh, two sessions. So I think it's 10 minutes for advice to give. So I think if you have two club nights, say if you have the younger ones and then you have the older club nights, having that 10 minute buffer, I definitely add into club night sessions because otherwise you end up with about 30 kids mixing and matching. You have no idea who's coming and who's going. That's definitely something I bring in. Especially with just getting prepared for the next lesson. Sometimes you've only got like a couple of minutes, like you've got one minute between each session. It's really hard to get, you know, some equipment away. And you know, if you're doing mini red, you've got to get the, the, the big net, the, the nets down. And it's, it's, it's a lot, it, it doesn't take, it takes more than a minute. So I totally agree. Definitely agree with you. Uh, from the adults' basis, I've gone with sort of same thing with beginner, intermediate, advanced stuff. Um, Social team, same as the junior one, but then you just call Beginner Express. So you want to get any beginner adults in, get them up to a certain speed where they can play a match and then move them up. Definitely great, Oscar, uh, Anything else? Uh, social sessions. Um, following back on the principle that I had 
for the adults is it's just open for everyone. Did have a think about doing sort of be, sort of a beginner and then an intermediate slash advanced social session, but then it sort of makes it a bit hard if someone thinks they're intermediate when they're actually beginner, then you have to have that funny conversation with people. I just thought it was a little bit too much. Yeah, 100% split it all up. Something to um, aim towards as well. Yes, yeah, I completely agree. Um, and the other thing that I'd probably have, which I quite like from most, I think most clubs have, um, is sort of separate to the social sessions. You have your intermediate and advanced sort of men's and ladies' teams match play, which the coach can run. So the coach can have a look and then give little tips and advice because we've seen it where you have the men's and ladies' mornings. But I don't think the coaches participate in it at all or take an interest in it. I think that's good. That's fair. I don't think it's down to coaches. I think that's down to the, the members. They just, they just want to go down and play. They don't want the input and how to get better. Hmm. But. Um, anything you want to add on that? What you'd do differently? I think I'd do pretty much the same. I think our ideas are pretty much the same. I'm just doing on this massive, like, you know, scale. Um, but um, no, it's also agree. I think I think where you're, yours might be more social. I don't know. I would say my social base, but I'm, I'm concentrating a lot on, on juniors more than the adults side, I think. Yeah, I you tried know, to make um, it a bit more of sort of a 50-50 split. <laughs> really, really pushing the junior section of the club. But the juniors is where the future's at, Tom. Very true, very true. Uh, do you want to talk about facilities? Facilities, Tom. But, um, yes. Um, so, for me, I have... Basically, I've got a built, an indoor facility, which I hold like you know, maybe 15, you know, 12, 15 courts. Yeah. Um, inside, they'll all be hard, all hard courts inside. Um, on this carpet rubbish. <laughs> um, outside, it's going to give them the race. So we'll have hard courts outside. Then we'll have clay as well. We'll have um, Euro clay. Um, but it, I think the clay, it'll, it'll only be used kind of like... Easter for this Easter to like the end of summer, and then you know, be back onto the hard courts. I will have Astro as well, supports of Astro. Yeah, um, yeah, I think you're right with that. I had, um, yeah. I had a similar idea with because I'm looking at a smaller scale. I have 12 courts, four indoor hard, four clay, and then four of the Astro. Definitely, yeah, you need it. I'm not a master, but in this climate, we need it. And to I'll also have grass. That's not a bad idea. Um, and then there'll be, a, there'll be a stand stadium, like a little, little grandstand. Um, a little arena. But yeah, that's just because of the, the kind of scale I'm going on. I'll have to. Um, did you ever see when I did my A level product design? 
my coursework was designing a tennis complex. I don't know if they still have that stadium. I think I've still got some of the designs somewhere. Very similar to think of what you want, had sort of a main stadium and then yeah. loads of courts dotted around it and all that sort of stuff. The little thing that I wanted to add with mine, I added two little things which I don't think um, many clubs have, is obviously at Presbury where we both work and play, uh, we have a dedicated uh, sort of mini court for mini red. So I decided to put two of those in with practice walls on. So instead of putting all the um mini nets up over one court if you have say like a private session with like a mini red player put them on there so it takes them out of the way you can also get um in america they have orange size courts to made yeah, proper um proper courts oh yeah i remember that um the other thing which is what the lt will love is I'm going to, I'd like to put a paddle court in. Also agree with you there. That's a good idea. Because I've, have you ever played paddle? I haven't played it yet, even though the LTA is really pushing it. Really fun. Played it in Spain. You should play it. It's really good. Well, there was, there is talk, isn't there, at Presbury of putting one in. They want to put a paddle court in. It's such it's you'll get a lot of money as well. It's a great sport. It's it's gonna it's gonna be good. It's a really fun sport to play. Good. Um moving on to more facilities. Um I had big plans for the clubhouse, and the main thing that I wanted to do with a clubhouse, say if you look at like Presbury and Nutsford, is I'd like to make it two-storey, so you almost have like a viewing balcony at the top, so you look, can look up all the courts and watch if there's a competition going on. You can see everyone playing rather than just going over to one court and watching that. I thought that'd be quite a good idea. Yeah, very modern feel about it. And then you have your usual stuff: bars, seating area, all this sort of stuff, kitchen, toilets. Very boring things. Don't think there's any more I can add. Is there anything else you want to add of what you do with your place? Scale. We're going to have a garbage gym. Very nice. Gym is sort of evolved. Free. Career, sort of, for injuries and whatnot. But yeah. Yours is more realistic. Mine's. Pipe, pipe dream. <laughs> I think there we've just put our friendship in a nutshell there. <laughs> uh, I'm the level headed one, and you're the one with all the ideas. <laughs> it works, it works. It does, it does. It cancels each other out and just makes us very normal. Or well, I'd like to think very normal. Right, now, I think we shall move on to the part where we talk about anything but tennis.
um, so travel, wasn't it? Yes, countries that you'd most like to visit that you haven't already visited. Oh, I'd like to. Um, it's not really a town place. I'd like to go to Iceland. Ooh, I've had family members go to Iceland, and they were very impressed with it. What draws you to Iceland? Always a place I want to go. I don't know why. I've, obviously, I'd like to go see the, you can see the Northern Lights there, can't you? And um, you know the, the hot springs, and I think it'd be really like a kind of cool country to go go visit. A bit different, you know, compared to the normal European countries. Obviously, like Spain and whatnot. I think Iceland's definitely it's just different, different culture. I think I can lead on with that one. The one I'd probably go and visit is Japan for similar reasons to what you said. There isn't really a standout reason to go, but because it's completely different culture to what we have here. It's different, isn't it? I don't know what I'd think about the food, though, because I'm not the biggest fan on sushi. Um, I imagine there's Western sort of areas in Japan. Yes. But all the technology, I hear it's very, very clean. All the taxi drivers wear gloves. All this attention to detail, I thought would be really good. Have you got one more? Um, uh, But maybe it's just slightly different. You know, I think Fiji, you know, off the coast. Ooh. It's an island, a bit very different. You know, it'd be very much off the beaten track because you know you got you got like you say Iceland, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, but they're all you know very much on the beaten track. I think Fiji's a little bit and very this little bit, it's a small island. You know, very different, very different community, different way completely. Even Japan, you know, you could say Japan is different, different culture. I think Fiji would be completely different because you know it's not got all the advancements you know that we have. Very small island. interesting experience that's quite a good one because i wouldn't imagine many people think oh i want to go to fiji for a holiday so you probably wouldn't get as many tourists so it'd be very real experience what about you last one last one italy just from watching films like the italian job when you look at when Top Gear or the Grand Tour go off to do a road trip and they go to Italy. More specifically, the Italian lakes. Scenery, having a nice little sporty car that's a convertible driving round, eating nice food. I think it'd make a really good road trip, actually, Italy. Venice. Venice is a very cool place. And now you're just making me pine to go on holiday now. I think we've come to the end of another podcast, sir. Good so you can now think about the times you could have spent in Fiji and I'm going to think about the food I could eat in Italy but we can't <laughs> ah, but at least we figured out how to make the perfect club yes you don't happen to know anyone who's got a spare few million about Uh, right on that note we'll wrap it up there 
Thank you very much for listening to this Just a Couple of Bagels podcast. Please make sure you like and subscribe, and we hope to see you in the next one. Goodbye.